Today, I want to talk about how your childhood trauma, things that you experienced as a kid, affects how you're leading today and may in fact be affecting how you're growing your career. Welcome back to On The Level Leadership. My name is Tammy. I'm an executive coach who primarily focuses on the wellness of leaders and helping them grow their careers. Recently, there's been a number of studies that have come out that talk about the connection between trauma in our childhood and how we develop as leaders. Having come from um, a fairly uh, difficult and toxic household and having experienced both small and big T traumas as a child, I firsthand know what it's like to have your leadership and your career trajectory affected by the remnants of trauma and what it does to our psyche and our responses and how we react to things. And as leaders, it's really important that we start to do that deeper dive into ourselves to really understand how our past lives affects and is affecting our current situation. In the show notes, you'll notice some articles that I'm listing that talk about the impact of childhood trauma on our leadership styles and how we respond to things, particularly how we respond to stress. Quick story about myself. So I was raised in a narcissistic household where I had a very controlling and domineering father who controlled us with money and controlled us through his anger and rage and made for a very chaotic environment. I often would say that it was akin to living with a rageaholic slash alcoholic, same sort of thing, except he wasn't into drinking. Um, but he was definitely a rageaholic every day. We didn't know whether dad was going to come home and just punch holes in walls or if he was going to be completely happy because he won at the track. He also had gambling issues. There was a number of problems in the household. And as a result, my upbringing was not what people would call the healthiest or the most stable. And it caused an environment where as children, we had to adapt and change who we were as people in order to survive in that very chaotic environment. And while those defense mechanisms and those protectionary uh, ways that we survive and evolve in those environments is meant to keep us safe so that we can survive in those environments. Because as a child, let's be honest, we don't have the capacity to have any control over what's happening in our lives. So we have to adapt in order to fit in, in order to keep the peace, in order to create stability in a world that is not stable. That's very helpful when you're a kid, but when you're an adult and you start leading people, that can become highly problematic in a very quick, short period of time. If you follow Dr. Gabor Mate at all, you'll hear all sorts of information around how we transfer our compensatory mechanisms as a child to an adult and how it doesn't work or serve us as adults. Unfortunately, those exact same behaviors become a problem and become seen as weaknesses when you become a leader in particular. So here's a few key behaviors that you may see uh, as a leader in yourself or in others that may come from a history of trauma. And I would say that as organizations, the more attuned we become to being more trauma informed with how we manage our leaders, I think the better we'll be in order to start really turning the page on toxicity in the workplace. Because toxicity in the workplace, let's be frank, is usually one or two leaders who are demonstrating these very ineffective behaviors who unfortunately came from very either disruptive, dysregulated, dysfunctional, chaotic, or very neglectful childhoods. And it's not about giving them permission to be like they are because of that, but it's about being trauma-informed in how we deal with our leadership and how we deal with our direct reports who may be demonstrating these behaviors 
behaviors because of their trauma backgrounds. So with that in mind, I want to share a few behaviors that you may see in yourself or in others, or you may have heard from people telling you that you're demonstrating. That means that your trauma is being carried into your career right now. The first is difficulty trusting others. Now, obviously this makes sense because if you've experienced any kind of childhood trauma, you're going to have a heck of a time trusting anybody. And you're going to think that everybody comes to you with an ulterior motive. In my household, for example, my father would come home with gifts or he would come home with physical items to try to show and demonstrate his affection or to further validate that he was in control of the situation. Unfortunately, there was always a price to pay for those things. So anytime my father would buy something or offer to pay for something, I often, when I became older, especially as a teenager and I was able to work for myself, would actually refuse them because I knew there was a price to pay. I either had to pay through affection, through forced hugs and kisses that I wasn't really comfortable with. Not that he was inappropriate in any way in that way. It was just, that's how he bought our love. And I, it really just gave me an icky feeling. And so I didn't want to be a part of that situation. Situation. Then, so that what happens then is then you don't trust. And I remember coming out of an abusive relationship in my 20s and being with my current husband, who's not abusive and who is very accepting of who I am. You know, when he started first being nice to me and courting me at the front end, I used to say, What do you want? And I used to always think that there was a price to pay. So difficulty trusting others is a big, big factor when you come from trauma. Here's the here's the rub with trust, though, is that leadership, and we, if you if know anything about me, you know that I'm a big fan of the leadership challenge from Kuzas and Posner. One of the first tenets of leadership is trusting first. You have to trust the people in your organization to do their jobs and to do their work and to not micromanage them and control them in any way. And so for us leaders who come from trauma backgrounds, this is a huge stretch for us to be able to start to learn to trust the organization around you. The second thing you might see is poor emotional regulation. Something I struggled with was anger management, and it really career limited me for the better part of a decade because I was extremely angry. It served me in nursing in the emergency room because I could use that, I could harness that as a strength to control situations or to keep people in line in an emergency department where people are kind of out of control, maybe not at their best. But in an office environment, when I entered the corporate world, that anger became a very difficult thing to push past and actually positioned me in a way that I was not considered uh, executive material because of it. If you are emotionally dysregulated, you are not creating a psychologically safe environment. So people will not share their best ideas with you. You, they'll be afraid of reprimands or being attacked by you. And so they're not actually going to come forward with their best. And so your organization is not going to perform at its best. That's just the way it is. The third thing is control issues. We often think that our toxic bosses who are very controlling are somehow narcissists. They're not all narcissists, by the way. They just might come from a very traumatic background where they had no control, zero control over their environment as children. So when they became adults and were able to start making their own decisions, they at a sub very subconscious level, sometimes not even consciously, decided no one else is pushing me around. No one else is going to tell me what to do. And I'm going to control everything because then I don't have to be surprised by anything. Because one of the things about being raised in a chaotic environment is that you're constantly being shocked and surprised by the behaviors around you. You're constantly being attacked. So by having control over your organization as a leader, you're limiting the amount of surprises or the amount of attacks that can come your way. This translates into very authoritarian, very dictatorial type behaviors as leaders, my way or the highway kind of leadership styles. When you do that, you stifle all creation, you stifle innovation within your team. Because again, if you're very controlling and you're very 
overseeing everything, very controlling, then people don't have the space to breathe and to be able to do the work that they want to do. Let's face it. Humans don't like to be controlled. We like to have some freedom. And so when you control your organization, you're going to see a very high level of turnover. That's just the way it is. The fourth thing you're going to say is they have difficulty handling conflict. The typical response to conflict in a human dynamic is the four Fs, right? You're going to either freeze, fawn, fight, or flight. So you're going to freeze. You're not going to know what to do or say anything. You're going to be shocked at a meeting. You're going to fawn where you're going to try to make nice with the leader and just sort of like softly kind of come at them with something so that they, you feel you look like insecure, rather inferior to them in some way so that they'll, they'll accept what you have to say to them. You'll flight. You'll just leave the situation and just completely try to put your head in the sand and ignore it. Or you'll do like I did, which is fight and be super aggressive, especially with your senior leadership or people who are in positions of authority. Why is this? Well, it's a very simple concept. If you had a very bully style parenting experience growing up and very controlling parents or very abusive parents, again, you had zero control over that, what that happened to you. So as an adult, you made sure that you had full control. So in my household, I kind of vacillated between flight, freeze and fight with fight being the predominant way that I would uh, defend myself against my father because my father only understood aggression. So if I became aggressive with him, he would usually back off. And so that was sort of my defense mechanism. And so I carried that into my adulthood and it completely derailed my career for many years. Low self-esteem. One of the things that I see in my clients today is imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome as a leader is usually related to some childhood issue around a parent being highly critical highly demanding or um, not accepting of that individual as a child. Being abused regularly, being told that they're not worthy of something or being ignored, being neglected, all those things as a child creates a sense of low self-esteem. And unfortunately, that, that eroded self-esteem carries itself into our leadership. So this then translates to someone who second guesses their decisions constantly, or they make a decision, but then they get up at three o'clock in the morning, completely stressed out, having anxiety attacks about a decision they made, or they'll seek excessive validation from other people. They become the ones that are constantly going back to senior management. Am I doing okay? Is this the right way you want to do it? I just want to do a check-in. Um, they're the ones that are constantly trying to do that. And it undermines their effectiveness as leaders because then they don't come off as decisive or coming across with conviction. And so their executive presence takes a tank. And again, this was something that I struggled with as a leader as well, was the notion of low self-esteem. I came off as having high esteem, but in, in private, I was suffering. Like I was, oh, always second guessing myself. And I still to this day question my decision making at times because of the neural pathways that were developed as a kid. The last thing I want to mention today is their leaders who come from traumatic backgrounds might have a difficult time empathizing empathizing with other people, or they may be highly empathetic. That's the counterpart to that. The first part of this is simple. When you are abused as a child, you have to shut down your emotions, your feelings, your responses about it. You can't get into feeling sorry for other people because it is, if you get sad or if you show any kind of emotion in that way, if you cry, it can be used against you when you're a child in a traumatic sort of abusive situation. And note that leaders who lack empathy have a really hard time understanding the team. And as a result, this will lead 
lead to poor communication or decreased morale or the inability to address individual or team-related needs. The other side of that coin, though, is being hypervigilant or hyper-empathetic, which is what I was, super sensitive to shifts in mood or in perspectives in a meeting. And again, I would either shut down so that I didn't raise the continued ire of the individual. And I would constantly go back to, is it something I said or did? Is it my fault that the person's mood shifted? As opposed to just looking at the situation objectively, I would always go to the self-deprecation route of it must be my fault. So like everything in life, uh, being exposed to trauma, big T, little t trauma as a child can be a range of behaviors and a, and a range of emotions and responses and triggers. We are human. So all of our triggers and our responses will be somewhat different. But those are some of the similar things that we see in leadership. Now, very quickly, what can you do about it? The first thing is be willing to do that deeper dive. So go to a therapist, go to a counselor and start exploring your background as a child and how it affected where you are now and start raising the bar in terms of your awareness. That's number one. Number two is take stock of all of the performance agreements you've had. Really look for those lines, those similar themes. Because the reality is, is that if time over time you keep hearing the same things, it's not them, it's you. So start looking at those behaviors. Are you being told that you're too directive? You're too aggressive? You need to tone things down. You're too assertive. Those things can be strengths, but when they're dialed too high, they become weaknesses. So pay attention to what you're hearing in your performance assessments. Pay attention also to what people are telling you from your direct reports. Little hints that come out where people aren't speaking in meetings anymore, or you're not getting the clear ideas, or you hear through the grapevine that people are talking about your leadership. Don't get angry about it. Get curious. And lastly, I'm going to say that one of the things that really helped me shift as a leader was really connecting with my mind and my heart through breath. So I do breath work. It's called conscious circular breathing, and it is absolutely transformational because it allows us to tap into those baseline memories and energy patterns because your cells have neurons in them. Your heart has over 40,000 neurons in it, and it connects to your brain through breath and through different neural pathways. And when you come from trauma, you have a very, I'm going to say, deeply carved out neural pathway in terms of our triggers and responses. And what you want to do is start working at unraveling those pathways. And through breath work, you can absolutely make shifts. In fact, I see people have shifts within one session. So look for modalities, whether they be somatic therapy to help work out some of that trauma, or whether it's through breath work to really bring in the things that work for you and to let go of the things that no longer serve, then do that. Ultimately, as leaders, if you want to grow in your careers, I hate to tell you this, but you have to do the shadow work. You have to go deep inside yourself. You have to do the analysis of who you are, where you came from, and how it's affecting how you're leading today. Well, I hope that was useful for all of you out there. Do note that there is absolutely things you can do to start healing yourself from the trauma that you experience. And by the way, I'm going to do another video on trauma. Trauma does not mean big T all the time. It doesn't mean you were beaten. It doesn't mean you were abused in a massive way. It could also mean that you were neglected and didn't get the things that you deserved as a child. So keep that in mind. Thanks again for watching. And until next time, take care.